What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. But right now, it's time to take the field. Yo, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages? My name's Kenny. I'm apparently a carnival barker. But I am here today to have a really, really fun talk with everybody about the unwritten rules of MLB The Show. Clearly, if you're a fan of the game, if you're a fan of baseball in general, you know what this stems from. Last week, Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the best up-and-coming players in the game, you could very well argue that he's a top 10 player already in the game, not just based off this year's stats, but just total overall package. The guy is a stud. He's a superstar. So the Slam Diego Padres are up 10-3 to against the Rangers. It's one out in the eighth inning. The bases are juiced. It's 3-0. and The Rangers can't pitch. This is not news to anyone. And the pitcher grooves just an absolute fat pitch. An obese pitch. And Fernando Tatis, being the great hitter he is, takes it to the opposite field for an absolute nuke. And it's 14-3 Padres. So Chris Woodward, the Rangers manager, gets really salty because he is sensitive. And said basically stuff about the integrity of the game and you don't do that. And that's not how this game is played. Blah, blah, blah. F off. You just weren't as good as Fernando Tatis Jr. is. There's a reason Chris Woodward is a lifelong journeyman, utility infielder. hes I'm not saying it's jealousy. Who knows? Maybe. Fernando Tatis is a young, exciting player. No problem with him letting it rip on 3-0. You know, I'm firmly in the camp as someone who played baseball my entire life, who loves the game. Baseball should be fun. This is not a uptight, suits and bowler hats in the stands type of game anymore. That's not what it is. It's it's young, exciting players. Gotta attract kids to the stadiums and kids to the fields to play. You know, enrollment in Little League Baseball is down. We, we have to make this game exciting. If that means a grand slam to the opposite field on a 3-0 count in a kind of blowout game is what it takes, go for it. I'm totally about it. Let Fernando Tatis Jr. be Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, Old broadcasters and older journalists like to harp on these unwritten rules. You know, I'm not an against-the-media guy. I come from the media. Before I was in my current position, I covered the Yankees and Mets every now and again for a newspaper back home where I used to live. And I was in these locker rooms. I was in the clubhouses. I was in the post-game press conferences. I was by far one of the youngest people there. And I don't mean that as, oh, look at me. I mean that, oh, as, you know, 55 year olds, 55 years old, rather, is like the average age of most of these journalists. And they have opinions that differ from me. And that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But when your opinion is wrong, like making a game less fun, I take issue with that. Um, You know, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s own manager, Jace Tingler, which is one of the worst frickin' names in baseball, um, he was even against him, basically saying, like, yeah, he should have taken that pitch. What? What? Let the dude swing the bat. He's your best player. A seven-run ball game, what it was before that swing, before that grand slam, 
is not out of reach. Yeah, sure, it's almost the ninth inning, but the Oakland A's have made comebacks like that. Teams have scored 10 runs per inning before. Like, this is not uncommon. These are professional baseball players. As bad as the Rangers might be, sorry to Rangers fans, they could have scored that many runs in the ninth inning to come back and win. No game is ever over. You know, you say that, and most of the time the percentages obviously favor the winning team in that blowout, but it's possible. 100% possible. And look at Tatis from his vantage point, his perspective. This is his, was his second year in the league now? Third year in the league, something like that? I should look that up, actually, before I start saying all these terrible things. I know he's young. Um, please bear with me here, friends. I'm the worst, I know. But regardless, what I'm getting at here is, last year, Fernando Tatis Jr., who is 21 years old, and this is his second year in the league, okay. He's 21 years old. Last year, he made $555,000. To you and me, that's life-changing money. But when you're a top 10 player in baseball, and that's, quote-unquote, all you're making? Come on. You know, in in the age of arbitration, you know, I would not be advising Fernando Tatis to sign an extension right now. I'd be like, go to arbitration. Get your bag. Obtain the grain. You know, just go get that money. He made half a million dollars last year when he's better than 95% of players in the game right now, so many of whom are making a lot more than him. Dude, go get your money. Absolutely. So, that's where I stand. I'm sorry if you guys don't agree. I'm open to having this conversation on Twitter, at the show, the pod. But guys, let, let's let make baseball fun. I don't mean to use that as like a politically charged thing, but like literally let's make baseball fun. Baseball is a game. Let's have fun playing it, watching it, observing it, analyzing it. Let's just have fun. So that has inspired me to do the unwritten rules of MLB The Show. So some of these I came up with on my own. They're not unique. You know, all these things have happened to people across the board, so I'm not like making these things up. These are things that are genuine. Uh, I did do a little research. I went through some Reddit threads to see um, what everyone else had been saying. I found a post from about two years ago or three years ago that had some pretty interesting information on it. But but this list is not just ripped from there. I did come up with some of this stuff myself. So, unwritten rule of MLB The Show, number one. By the way, these are not ranked. I say number one because it's the first one. These are not in any particular order. There are ten of them, but they are not in any particular order. The first one I wrote down here. Do not play online games at Polo Grounds. If you play online games at Polo Grounds, this is what I think of you. I picture you starting the game, finishing your milk and Oreos, and right before you throw the first pitch, yelling upstairs, Hey, Ma! Need more milk! Come on. We have so many stadiums to choose from. Uh, Ship It might be abused, but I'd rather play at Ship It. I actually enjoy Ship It. Um, Play at any other, well, not any other field, but play at basically any other field than Polo Grounds. And for that matter, let's avoid most of the old school stadiums in general. You know, I I don't mind if you want to play at Old Yankee Stadium, if you want to play at Shea Stadium. Um, You know, Metro Dome's not the best, but sure, whatever, we'll play there. If it's got weird dimensions, no batter's eye, or, like, 
is 800 feet to center field, let's not play there. You are a troll. It's not even a competitive advantage for you to play there because it's all RNG. It's all luck at that point. You know, I don't want to be bailed out if I hit a 180-foot fly ball to right field and it goes over the fence. I also don't want to hit a ball that squirts through the gap in right center or left center, makes it all the way to the wall, and I now have an inside-the-park home run. Uh, For whatever reason, whoever created that stadium back in the day thought it was a great idea for baseball. I'm glad we've learned since then. Not a great place to play baseball. I I wish the show would just stop including the the stadium in the game altogether. Just get rid of it. But it's there. Don't use it. Let's just, like, out of sight, out of mind. Let's just forget. Let's, Let's all improve as human beings. Let's be better people and not play at Polo Grounds. Number two, this goes along with stadiums. Don't play day games at stadiums that don't have a batter's eye. Sure, it is a disadvantage for both yourself and the opposition because both teams for the first couple innings won't be able to see the damn pitch when it comes in because it's bright, the ball blends in. Maybe maybe that's a programming thing where the show can make it easier to see, but I actually think it's pretty realistic. As someone who has played baseball, where there is no batter's eye and the sun is bright and you can't see what's going on. I'm a bad enough hitter, both in real life and virtually, as is. I don't need more of a disadvantage stacked on top of me when we can completely avoid it. When we can completely avoid it. So please... Some people do it on accident. Totally get it. Some people, if you go into moments first, you forget to fix your stadium or the time. Fine. I totally understand there is some human error in this. But if you intentionally play games at these stadiums without batter's eye during the day, I'm going to be supremely mad at you. I will finish the game. I very rarely rage quit. I'm not going to troll you. I'm not going to cheese you. But let's, again, let's all be better people than this. We're playing a game. Why are we trying to troll people to be annoying? Is that fun for you? <laughs> Is trolling people actually fun? I, I don't get it. It's not fun for me. Number three, unwritten rules of MLB The Show. Don't quick pitch the opponent's pitcher. Let me put that into context. It's the sixth inning. The opponent's pitcher... I don't know, has 90 plus 100 pitches. You know the opposition is about to pinch hit for his pitcher. You know it. You're just trying to sneak a strike in there. So the second the screen transitions to the pitcher coming up to the plate, you start smashing the X button to throw a fastball before he can hit pause, he or she, excuse me, can hit pause to take the pitcher out. You're just trying to sneak one strike in there, as if that's going to make a world of difference. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Would you like it done to you? If you wouldn't like it done to you, don't do it to that person. Maybe you do get a competitive advantage from it. Maybe I'm just too nice when it comes to doing stuff like that. But I do not quick pitch the opponent's pitcher. Jesus, come on now. (laughs) Let's just let the game play the way it's supposed to be played. Just don't do it. It's very simple. Number four. This is going to be a contentious one. Maybe it's because this is just my viewpoint on things. But do not replay your home runs. 
unless there are two situations, in my opinion, in which it is okay to replay your home runs. Number one, if you just hit an absolute nuke job and you think it went at least 450 and you're only replaying it to get the distance. I do that sometimes. I'll replay it. And then the second the distance pops up on the bottom corner of the screen, I stop the replay. I just want to see how far it went. I'm just curious. Even if I'm losing, I'll do it. I just want to know the distance. I'm not trying to cheese you. I'm really not trying to troll. I'm not trying to piss you off. If I hit a ball that I think went 500 feet, I'd like to admire it for a minute. And the other instance it's okay to replay your home runs is if your opponent does it first. Here's what happens. If my opponent in the first inning hits a wall scraper that goes over the wall and it's replayed, I don't care if I'm losing the rest of the game. I'm replaying every single home run I hit. Every single one. If I had, like, the home run robbery animation and I missed it and the ball still went over the wall and you replay it, I'm not going to let you live that down. I'm going to replay every single home run I hit. Again, even if I'm losing. Maybe this guy is supremely better than me. Definitely a possibility that this person's supremely better than me. I'm still going to replay every home run because you made me watch that one. Otherwise, you know... We don't need to replay these home runs. I get it. The ball went over the fence. I get it. I left a hanging slider down the middle that you capitalized on. Let's just play the game. Let's just, you know, whatever. You don't need to replay the home runs. Unless there are extenuating circumstances to watch it. Number five. There's another kind of contentious one, but it has layers to it. So let me get into these layers. Number five, unwritten rules in MLB The Show. I've literally written it down as bunting. Just bunting in general. It's a very broad topic. There are a handful of appropriate times to bunt. Number one, if your pitcher's up and there's a runner on base and you want to sack him over, a normal baseball play, a sacrifice bunt. Golden. Go for your bunt. Absolutely no. That's baseball. You can't get upset at someone for that. So that's fine. Another situation. It's late in the game. We're talking 7th, 8th, ninth inning. You're down a run or two. You have a runner on second base or first base. One out, nobody out. Probably nobody out. If you bunt with one out, there's a problem. But nobody out. You want to sack them over. Maybe you want to put them on third base so you can hit a sack fly. Maybe you want to put them on second so a single scores them. Totally good. That's baseball. Late game, go for it. Absolutely no problem with that. The third... And this is one you can't abuse. But if you want to bunt against a shift, bunt against a shift. It's your opponent's fault for not fixing the defense. It's your fault maybe for not executing a pitch. Um, again, don't abuse it. I'm not saying if Cody Bellinger comes up four times against the shift, he should not be bunting all four times, I don't think. Um, maybe that's just me. But if you want to bunt against a shift, go for it. Just don't abuse it. Don't abuse it. But there are very inappropriate times to bunt. Inappropriate time number one, all the effing time. If you are someone who has the top of your order as like Lou Brock, Jackie Robinson, and Craig Biggio, and you bunt with them a combined 12 times in a ranked seasons game, you're the worst person on this earth. And you should not be allowed to play online. Now, there are many defenses to that. Oh, your defense should be prepared for it. Oh, you should be prepared for it. Oh, uh, pitch better. Field, but whatever. No. Stop. You should not be bunting that many times, period, in a game. 
it's just cheese. You're not doing it because you're good at the game. In fact, I think it, it means you're not good at the game. You're not confident that you can hit. To win, you feel like you have to bunt cheese people. Not okay. Unwritten rule. Another inappropriate time. You have a runner on second base. I'm just going to keep using Lou Brock at the plate because he's like the premier bunter. You steal from second and bunt and then round your runner around third to score while I'm trying to get your out at first. Come on. That's cheese. Bunting is so cheese. It's so stupid in this game. That's not baseball. How often do you see that happen in Major League Baseball? Once a year? Maybe? Once every couple years? Probably not even that much. Don't do that. Unwritten rule. And finally, everyone's favorite, bunt dancing. Now, bunt dancing should not impact you as the person pitching to the bunt dancer. It really shouldn't. Just focus on the strike zone. Focus on your pitch meter. Focus on your location. Throw your pitch. But perpetual bunt dancers can F with people. It's a mental, it's mental warfare. It's, it's no inherent advantage. It actually, I think, is harder for the hitter then, too, because they now have to bring the bat back and swing again. It's just stupid. People just do it because they want to annoy you. They think it's going to mess up your rhythm. Clearly, it can incite a response from me, because I've included it in this unwritten rules. Um, but stop with the bunt dancing. You know, I've used the fake bunt animation almost as like an acknowledgement of a good play, if that makes sense. So, like, if, if my opponent makes a sick diving play and throw, robs me of a hit, blah, 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 I'll just, like, do a tip of the cap. I'll slap him a fake bunt and bring it back and be like, hey, I see you. I recognize that. That's, in my opinion, okay. I don't know if everyone understands that's what I'm doing, but that's just my way of tipping the cap, saying, hey, you got me. You were better than me on that play. Good for you. Uh, otherwise, if you bunt dance every single freaking time, you can get out of my kitchen because I don't appreciate that. Um... It's just, it's a troll move. It's a total troll move. So that's the first half of our unwritten rules of MLB The Show. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here to pay the bills, read some ads here. So I am here and thrilled to be working with Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports app based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like other DFS apps because it only asks you about the top tier athletes in a sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible to win a share of the prize pool. Now you can play this across all sports, this is not MLB exclusive. If you're looking to play games and make some money during the shortened MLB season, use promo code THESHOWTHEPOD when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today, and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of 20 or more. Again, that is promo code the show, the pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. So let's finish up here on these unwritten rules of Emily the Show. I hope you guys have enjoyed this so far. I thought it would be a fun opportunity to maybe talk a little less about cards and card ratings and just kind of vent and, you know, connect with people in the community over things that frustrate all of us. It's the way I view it. So number six, this is a short one. Do not submit a friendly quit request when I am beating the ever-living hell out of you. 
If it's 5 nothing, 6 nothing in the second inning, why are you going to slap me a friendly quest? Friendly request. Friendly quit. Do you think I'm going to accept it? Who accepts those? Please raise your hand if you've accepted a friendly quit in that situation, and now promptly put it down, because you just took a, w- a win away from yourself. Why would you ever do that? If, if you're losing by that much, just, like, take the L. Take the L. That person was better than you for two innings. Maybe you made a couple mistakes. Go back and play the next game. I don't care if you rage quit. That's fine. Sometimes you rage quit because you know you're already out of the game. It's not worth your time to continue. You'd rather just start fresh. You know, there is the opposite way of that saying, well, how are you going to get better unless you play against better people? And that's totally fair. 100% agree. You have to challenge yourself to get better at anything. Not just this game, but literally anything. But if, you know, maybe you only have an hour to play, you're, you got somewhere to be, and you get smacked within the first couple innings of a ranked game, screw it. Just pop out and go play a new one. That's fine. Don't try to friendly quit me and think I'm going to accept because it ends up just wasting everyone's time. Number seven. Now, this is not much of an issue anymore. used to be much larger of an issue, both in previous editions of the game and uh, even earlier this year. Bringing knuckleballers into ranked seasons. You know, they nerfed Ryan Fieraban, so he's not really prominent anymore. But he's a lefty knuckleballer who's like a 50-some-odd overall or whatever the heck he is. And people are bringing him into ranked games. You know, Stephen Wright is another guy people bring into ranked games. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, sure, it might be fun to float a couple knuckleballs in there. I guess. I've never used those guys in ranked. I try not to use them, period, because I don't think they're good. They're, they're not... You can't control them. They're not going to make an impact for you. People just do it to piss people off. Unwritten rule of MLB The Show number seven. Don't use a knuckleballer. Don't. Unwritten rule number nine. Sorry, number eight. Number eight. If your team name is Home Run with Didi and I Quit. This was a big thing during... This is a big thing currently during events. I'm not going to help you prestige your players. I'm not. Maybe there's a sense of you scratch my back, I scratch yours, good karma. I help you. Eventually, I'll be helped. No. Earn your home runs. DD hits enough home runs as is with me trying. I'm not going to just pump you a fastball down the middle. I'm not. Home run with DD and I quit. Sure, yeah. I, do I get an events win in the process? Yeah. Does it help me maybe reach a milestone? Sure. But I want. I'm not playing this game to, you know, just sit through this. I, I want to play a game. I want to physically play a baseball game. You know, I don't want to just let Didi hit a dinger and then restart the whole match-finding process again. It's not just Didi. I'm using Didi as an example because I feel like he's a pretty prominent one. But let's have a semblance of integrity here in a video game. And let's let's play the game. If you want to hit a home run with Didi and quit, okay, that's on you. I don't think we need to make it so overt that it's your, that your team name and like publicize it to the world. I just think that's... That's too much. But by all means, if you hit a home run with Didi and quit, I don't care. If your name is the New York Bombers and you do that, whatever. It doesn't bother me. But like, home run with Didi and I quit as a team name. Let's end that. I also think this is going to be controversial too, but I also think MLB The Show should crack down on people who are proved to have done that. I just think, I think there's an integrity problem. I think there's, you know, it's it's stat buffing. It's, uh, you know, earn 
earn your players. It's a video game, guys. It's not that serious. Just earn your stats. That's just my opinion. Unwritten rule number nine. Don't bring Corey Kluber out of the bullpen. For that matter, really don't bring starters out of the bullpen. There's one situation in which it's okay, and it's it's if your original starting pitcher got absolutely rocked and you don't want to burn too much of your bullpen, so you bring in a starter as like a long relief guy. That's to- I get that's fine. I mean, I totally get that. That's common practice. But if you're up, I don't know, eight runs in the fifth inning, and you bring your number one starter out of the bullpen because you think that's fun, just, I mean, just don't do that. I mean, I understand the game just got updated so that if you're... Uh, starter comes out of the bullpen, he automatically has half energy next time around, at least, or at at, at most, I guess. Um, so, you know, there's extra incentive not to do that. They de-incentivize that. But why? That's what bullpens are for. I understand relievers suck and they're hard to use, but uh, let's just not use starting pitchers out of the bullpen, guys. Let's let's not do it. There's, there's no reason. And the last one, number 10. Creative players. So, me personally, I don't use my creative player. There was a time period, a few, uh, about a month ago, where I was toying with using my creative player as a catcher. It's because I was very unhappy with all the catcher options. But part of why I like to play Diamond Dynasty is because I like to use MLB players or former MLB players. I like to use the pro guys, I think it's fun. So I'm not going to use my cap. That's just, that's my personal opinion. I don't have a problem with people using caps in general. I don't have a problem with that at all. That's fine. You know, you can make them as good as you want. You put equipment on them. You give them your favorite batting stance. I think there's a layer of customization to that that is that is unique. You know, you you could put your guy at shortstop and play you know play on the diamond next to Harmon Killebrew. I think that's pretty cool. But if you use your creative player as a left-handed submarining goon who looks like the troll who lives under the bridge, I hate you. I hate you. Come on. Will it help you win a game? I'm sure it will. But Jesus, guys, come on. Come on. I will say there's also an issue with creative players because none of the names are censored. And this is not me being sensitive I really am not offended by most anything. I actually, I think comedy is comedy. But there are some really, really inappropriate names that are not comedy. They're just, they're offensive. And I think that the fact that we have the ability to name our creative players whatever we want is terrible. I think it should be like reserved for real names or every single creative player name should get like screened through an MLB The Show hotline. I just, maybe I'm overreacting, but like, come on. I, I've seen creative player names that are extremely offensive to groups of people, to, you know, sexualities of people. It's just, it's not okay. But the gripe with the creative player here, why I included it on the list originally, is because the lefty submarine pitching goon who looks like Shrek. That's, <laughs> that's an unwritten rule, guys. Let's just, why? Why bother? Just don't use a cap at that point. Just... Find a pitcher you're actually good with and use that person. That's, come on. So, that concludes my unwritten rules portion of the game. Portion of this episode. I had a lot of fun coming up with this list. I hope you guys can, you know, 
agree with some of this or disagree and talk about it with me. I just think it's fun. It was a hot topic this these past week or so. And uh you know, unwritten rules are they're they're unwritten for a reason. Uh they shouldn't really have to be said. Some unwritten rules are dumb, like the don't swing on three and oh, that's dumb. But like these unwritten rules I think these are easy ones to follow. I think these unwritten rules are worthwhile uh by following them and just making this game a much less toxic place. Um but that's my TED Talk, so thank you for attending it. Uh, again, I hope you would like to talk about this with me online at Twitter, the show, the pod. But I do want to close this episode with uh, the latest edition of Kenny Contradicts Himself Again. So last week I said I will never use Jimmy Rollins at shortstop. Robin Yount's my guy. I lied to you. Jimmy Rollins has since become an absolute goon for me. He's hitting close to 400. Um, have I been... Perfect, perfect fly out it on the track a handful of times. Yeah, his power sucks. Uh, but I'm halfway to prestiging him as far as each uh, necessary category is halfway. I don't have any of the actual points yet other than the collection of Jimmy Rollins. Um, so I have slandered Jimmy Rollins' good name in the past. This is a formal apology to Jimmy Rollins and uh, Shelfie for hating the Lord and Savior Jimmy Rollins. He is my leadoff hitter now. Ernie Banks is on the bench still. Robin Yount wasn't, like, not performing, but I just I figured I'd give Jimmy Rollins as a switch hitter with speed and defense a second chance. And um, everyone gets second chances, guys. That's the moral of this episode today. People get second chances. Uh, no, I'm kidding. People do get second chances, but that's not the moral of this episode. Um, I don't know. I'm good with Jimmy Rollins now. It's just, it's it's a big development in my life. Very proud to say it. I hope he continues to rake for me, so I don't need to search for another shortstop until they release someone who is just a god. I don't know who that would be, um, but I don't have to search for the time being. So guys, that is the end of the show, the podcast, episode 5, Unwritten Rules of MLB The Show, and me contradicting myself. Thank you so much for listening. Please continue to leave 5-star reviews, interact with me on Twitter. Leave your opinions. This is so much fun for me to do. I hope it's fun for you guys to listen to. I know the YouTube was just that one episode. We're working on that. Once I get guests, once I practice with my editing, I hope to make videos. YouTube is kind of like secondary to me right now. I'm really focused on the audio podcast, but we'll get there. So I appreciate all you guys listening, and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at The Show, The Pod for opinions, updates, and so much more. Become a patron at patreon.com slash the show, the podcast to support the show. For $5 a month, you'll get exclusive access to bonus interviews with MLB The Show content creators. For $10 a month, you'll get the bonus interviews plus the chance to play me in an online friendly each month you're a member. That's it for now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'll see you at Ship It.